Yeah, so we have Spiro and Matt from the gaming stadium today. Uh, you know, part two of the gaming stadium here, just to talk about esports and their idea and uh, what they're up to. So Spiro, you kind of gave us a background on yourself, so today it's Matt's turn. Cool. Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, absolutely not at all. Where do you want to start? Origin story. Like what, it, origin story of video games and esports, like give us, give us the history. Where did it start? Where did you first fall in love with video games? Oh, me? Okay, so do we have enough time for that? Um, <laughs> I guess... It'll be a five-part. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So I guess I first started with games back when I was uh, seven years old. Uh, Warcraft 2 was probably one of my first games mm. that I played, and then I just kept staying with the Blizzard universe. Yeah. Warcraft 2 to Warcraft 3, Starcraft, so on and so forth. World of Warcraft, that's subject entirely some people call <laughs> that's it that's its own episode some people call that addiction i'm i'm an enthusiast let's just like put it that way um but actually no world of warcraft uh helped a lot from a professional standpoint because mm. um when i first started the game and about a couple years into it i started writing about the game i started blogging right. about it so that's kind of where i got in from a journalistic standpoint i started yeah. uh writing a bit about the game i wrote about um how to you know how to navigate certain challenges in the game how to be a better player and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff and eventually i got picked up to write for uh aol's weblogs incorporated at the time mm -hmm. um i got noticed and picked up by blizzard to contribute to the world of warcraft magazine for a couple of pieces there too mm -hmm. uh, and then you you keep going down that road eventually you get to a point where this uh, you get to about 2012, 2013, and there's a small little game called Hearthstone that just came out. Uh, I, in addition to video games, I also used to play a lot of Magic the Gathering. It's a, yeah. it's a card game. So I, I love card games. So, so to see a digital card game from Blizzard was something I just naturally had to, to, to try out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I picked up the game, I started playing it, sank you know thousands of dollars into it, obviously. Um, and then it got to the point where it was like, okay, there's got to be other people in the city that play this game, but there's nowhere to really go. Right. Uh, with Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, you could go to card shops or hobby yeah. shops and you could play live and in person, but there was no place for Hearthstone players to go and just gather and, and meet up. Right. And it was around this time that Blizzard had, had also recognized this as well, mm -hmm. and they had this initiative called Fireside Gatherings, where you could meet up with other like-minded Hearthstone players and just you know play a couple of games of Hearthstone or, or discuss the game or whatever. And the atmosphere behind that would be in a setting like a, a tavern. Right. Or, or a bar or, or what, what have you. Who says tavern? I don't know. That, apparently, <laughs> does. apparently that's, that was You their, traveled to England. You did. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, a tavern. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, so stuff like that. So that was kind of the, the atmosphere that, um, that they were trying to cultivate. Yeah. And um, I unwittingly started just organizing my own little get-togethers and events. My mm. first fireside gathering had four players. Just right. the four of us. We were at the back of a comic book shop on Victoria Drive. And the name escapes me. Uh, players wanted collectibles and something or other. I think yeah. that was the name. But um, yeah, so it started with just the four of us, and um, I kept doing one every every couple months. Yeah. And then it got to the point now where Blizzard, Blizzard announced a um, a program where they would do um, tavern hero qualifiers. So mm -hmm. as a way to get into like their competitive circuit. Yeah. Uh, there were two ways. You could compete online in a right. ladder system. If you place within, say, the top 100 uh, for your region, for North America or right. Europe or whatever, you would get an, an invitation. Right. However, on the other hand, if you competed locally at certain sanctioned qualifiers, and if you placed in the top 
four or whatever. Right. You would also get an invite that way. So for so like I, right. those who know it, like the the Magic the Gathering story, because it's a right. huge story, it's like the DCI point system, if you rank yes. and your point's high enough, but right. likewise they had like the Grand Prix and like all the stuff way. to get into yes. the Pro Tour. So the so exact same paths. model, but it's like just different formats. Correct, so it was like, there's multiple paths to get in, yeah. and uh, the, the local, the fireside scene was one way for players to get in that way. So right. that's kind of where I stepped in, and I just started running events at, um, Hobby, uh, comic shops. Uh, I moved over to like UBC campuses, right. SFU campuses, uh, casinos, yeah. hotel ballrooms, co-working locations. So I've I've pretty so much progressively bigger progressively, venues. Yeah, bigger and bigger, and you know more budget involved. A lot of it was out of my own pocket just because I really loved it and no one else was doing it. And um, uh, I guess Blizzard kind of took notice, and you know they we we've had a lot of conversations about you know what what could they do to help make us make our lives a little bit easier or make right. things easier, you know, products, uh, pricing, whatever. So all that, that's how kind of all that stuff came into play. Um, so that was pretty much the past couple of years where I just kind of steadily grew and grew and grew and, and um, you know, the community's been flourishing, it's been holding steady. Uh, Hearthstone's always had its ups and downs because, you know, like cards eventually it stabilizes everyone knows what the best decks are yeah, yeah new, new expansion new expansion and then there's a storm there's a storm of like new players yeah. and then people complain because there's a broken combo yeah, yeah. things get nerfed exactly it, it teeters off again new expansion the cycle yeah. repeats yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's yeah. it's very sinusoidal right so that's yeah. kind of how it goes um and uh yeah so that's kind of what that that's basically been my story when yeah. it comes to uh journalism and event management very in the cool space so, you know, one important point to touch on on that, it's basically like the progression of these tournaments and yeah. the community, obviously in the past, say, five, six years, yeah. the progression must just be huge. So at a ground level, yeah. what would you say that evolution was? Okay, so like our first event, we had four players. Uh, a couple months later, the next one had about 12, right. then up to 20, <clears throat> then 28, 32. Uh, 40, 49 or whatever mm. it was. So it's been steadily increasing. And there's been times where I had to turn away people because I said, hey, our Wi-Fi's at max capacity. We can't accommodate right. you right now. Can you come back in a couple hours or whatever? Yeah. And so it sucks getting to the point where you have to turn away people, but it's when you get to the limitations of the venue, it's there's things like fire code. In our case, it's like, well, the signal strength is so at capacity. We literally have, we can't accept any more connections. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. But So, I mean, it's, it's now gotten big enough that doing this on kind of um, on, on a hobby basis say, yes. the time has come and gone that yeah. time was, you know because now the community I think it's the acceptability of playing video games more in the open right um, because there's so many people that do yeah now when you're putting these ads up or you know advertising that you're doing these tournaments even if it's not widely advertised so many people are showing up yeah. that you know well, you can't even run the tournaments based on like bandwidth yeah it's mm. and it's not only that like you're there's not a lot of people in the city that are willing to go through the kind of hoops that I have to, to run in those events. Right. Uh, some places don't have proper Wi-Fi, some internet speeds are too slow. Uh, there's, you know, like, if you can try running some at Starbucks, but yeah. they'll, they'll stare <laughs> Just at you. hijack the yeah, Wi-Fi. Like, yeah. And these are games that take hours on end, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there, that's always been one of the challenges is finding a place where you could go and like at UBC we had to get one of the students that could do login to everyone's you know computer right. or whatever onto your student account which yeah. you know it, it does a job it's not ideal but yeah, yeah. so the first problem. time and transportation is a big problem too mm -hmm. you right. want to go to a tournament on top of SFU on a mountain or go all the way to the west side of Vancouver where UBC is mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. not everyone has a car so yeah yeah the, the first time um, I put on a tournament when I was uh, working at a, a local casino and running an esports lounge I met Matt and 
That Hearthstone tournament had like uh, 20-ish or so players, and it went really well. Which one? Um, you know, that's like Langley. It's know, like, oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's essentially middle of nowhere from a transit perspective. Yes. Like, it's impossible to it, get there. There's sort of a bus. Yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of. Made, like, comes every hour. Like, it yeah. was really bad. And, um, but I learned a lot because uh, the Wi-Fi, uh, that was needed, the power that was needed, but also um, it was in the same room as uh, a Street Fighter and Smash Brothers tournament, yeah, and right. the volume needed, it was really <laughs> right. loud, and, and yeah. those guys weren't super happy about that, but like yeah. it went really well. The well it's more of a thinking quiet game than it is like right. a... Yeah, the yeah. yeah. like to use is, it's a hockey game versus people watching a game of golf. Yeah, yeah. Totally. different yeah. crowd. Totally. Yeah. 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 So um, the second time we did it is we did like a Hearthstone-only tournament, yeah. and I didn't know Matt that yeah. well. And we Still had like, doesn't. well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we had like 40 something people come out to that one and it went really well, yeah. but it went till like 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. Well games and can I, take a really oh, long time. I hated this guy, man. <laughs> I was like, I was like this guy, give him the venue and I do all this stuff and it's like, I gotta go home, man. It was, I was there for like 16 hours and then I thought about it and I was like, if I was here today for 16 hours, imagine what he's had to go through not only today but leading up to the event. Yeah. On. And that's when I really got an appreciation for like the dedication of what people like him do. Yeah. Um, we got that a video, right? Yeah, <laughs> cut that. Um, but it's so true because like, you know, five, six years ago, yeah. um, when you had four or six people going to events like this, mm -hmm. yeah. um, it was more uh, to hang out and, and just like be in a place with like-minded individuals. Yeah. And now it's at the point where it's like, now you're scheduling like multi-day events with more and more people right. coming. So mm -hmm. the evolution uh, from someone who was outside and now inside is fantastic to see, but um, you know, there are challenges that come along with it and how you yeah. navigate those is just as important as how the community grows. Yeah, and I mean, the reason that I brought up the, the limitations around doing these events in different physical locations is really that the, these things have now gotten big enough that doing them in a one-off location doesn't really work anymore. It's not going to work moving forward. It's, mm -hmm. very, it's very difficult. The logistics of it are even harder. Um, it, like enter, you know, enter stage left kind of the, the gaming stadium mm -hmm. at this point, right? Mm -hmm. so, so tell us a bit about that and how that is going to solve the other issues of like size because obviously you know once you're running a 50 person tournament you need 50 computers yep. all logged in at the same time yeah not very many places can even get that wi-fi bandwidth unless you're calling up your service provider months in advance mm -hmm. to try to solve this and let alone the power issue yeah you know like i some conference centers have it's like one you know extension cord and yeah. it's like fantastic yeah you know so so how is this model of the gaming stadium going to solve this moving forward. Um, I'll, I just want to speak to the timing and yeah. then I'll let Matt speak to like the logistics of like power and internet yeah. and that kind of stuff. Um, we recently had an event and I think we're going to touch on it later in the conversation called the Pinnacle, mm -hmm. which was a two day fighting game tournament yeah. and we held it at a, a at River Rock, which is a fantastic venue and the team there is, is top notch. Um, but what you run into is people who don't know the space don't have an understanding that it's not gonna end at a certain time. Yeah. Um, and I compare it to physical sports, right? When you're watching football or basketball or hockey, there's a, there's a, it's finite, right? Like there's like, there's the game, maybe overtime in a shootout, you have an idea of how long the game yeah. is going. Soccer's 90 minutes, so there might be overtime. Yeah. Baseball is untimed. Right? Yes. And I used to work yeah. in pro baseball, and like some games take two hours, some games yeah. take seven or eight hours. There was a game in the playoffs last year that ran like, Over it was like the longest game in history or whatever, yeah. 18 innings, like it's, that's two yeah. games, right? And so um, as a crew, you have to be prepared to be there for the long haul. Right. So the big thing that we learned from that is like, 
you know, we had talked to them in advance about being out at a certain time. And of course, because of the nature of the beast, it went longer. So then you need to have those conversations yeah. about people staying longer. So I think the big thing for us that we solve just from a time perspective alone is like we understand, yeah. right? So when you come into a venue like ours, you're not gonna have that issue. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you watch like the VODs and you follow along on the Twitch chat, you'll see people on the second night, which is the Saturday night, mm -hmm. and it's like, it's now probably midnight or 12.30, maybe even one o'clock in yeah. the morning, yeah. Yeah. in the chat saying like, how do these guys still have the venue? <laughs> because <laughs> like, because they know from running tournaments everywhere, yeah. Yeah. that like, venues literally will kick you out. Like, yeah, even if it's not finished. We're shutting the power off, yeah. right? Yeah. And so like, they were like, how do these guys still have the venue? Mm -hmm. And like, that alone is priceless, right? But that goes to show like, the misunderstanding of the space 100%. and the fact that how much support are people really getting yeah. to, to run these things. Venues and do it's not understand. And it's preventing the growth of the industry. Totally. Yeah. There was an event in Toronto called EGLX. Again, a fantastic three-day event that, yeah. that, that I was lucky enough to attend. And uh, a part of that was a major fighting game tournament. And um, that tournament was under severe time pressure because again, mm -hmm. it ran long, but at the convention center, it's like they don't, it's not their problem. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, you have a contract that ends at this time. We're shutting you at this time, yeah. and so like that peace of mind alone, yeah. it, it it takes so much stress away from a tournament organizer because now you understand like you can show highlight matches. Your 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 event can go a little longer, and you don't have to worry. So just that alone, I think is is a massive part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like then you get into the other logistics, and like I'll let Matt speak more to that because that's his expertise. But those are massive as well, yeah. right? Yeah, so with other concerns, I mean, from my part, it's things like power distribution, internet bandwidth, even things like simple tables and chairs. Do we have enough yeah. people that are coming in? Um, where are spectators going to hang out if we have any spectators? So uh, and that's always been a challenge at all these different locations that I've run stuff at, too. That's never always been consistent. Um, it's always been a great game of guess and check. Let's yeah. try this configuration and see what happens, and hopefully we don't break anything. Mm -hmm. right. uh, and I definitely blown my share of breakers and all that stuff in the past so um, <laughs> now we know in the future going forward is by having um, uh, the stadium in place we have we know where everything is we know exactly what our maximum capacity is and yeah. we know what kind of events we can service and, and, and handle that stuff and if we do go over that's okay because now we have time on our side mm -hmm. right. so we can run uh, like a, a group A at this t at this time of the afternoon and then we can run group B later on in the day right. whatever, mm -hmm. to help accommodate those kinds of numbers and with the comfort that if we go over it's not the end of the world mm -hmm. yeah. so that's mm -hmm. and, and that's obviously a big, big solution to all these different challenges that mm -hmm. other organizers are facing in the city. Yeah, and, and I think like, that's what makes the gaming stadium so unique is like we have people um, you know and, and again I'll point to Matt and others who will be joining our team over the next few months that have this experience and you yeah. can't buy that right so no. um, they know what we need so internet specifically like we're dealing with an amazing internet service provider and we're gonna have a direct line that is the fastest internet in this city like literally right. you cannot buy faster internet in Vancouver not actually possible right yeah. it's not possible and if there was we would buy that right yeah. so um, yeah. so we have no issues from like a bandwidth perspective right like it will never be we could use this bandwidth for 10 years and never have a concern right. but um, it's it's things like that that we know are going to be potential challenges yeah. so you mm -hmm. tackle them early and mm -hmm. the only way you know that is with people who have been 
been doing this for so many years that understand what those challenges are and then building the plan before it even starts to counterbalance those challenges. Power is like something like a lot of people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like when you're at home, you plug, you know, a power bar in and it's feeding like a computer and a TV and a microwave Mm -hmm. and whatever. It's even then super rare that you trip that breaker. Yeah, Yeah. it's very difficult. Very difficult, right? And when you're hosting events of the size that we're hosting with the powered PCs that we have, it's like, if you don't trip them, it's a miracle. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. yeah. So it's like swinging so hard. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you're you're like how many breakers are in this room? How do we distribute the power? Are we buying? You know, are we are we buying power bars enough that have enough power in them to not break with all these things? Like even right. things like that, you can't go buy a one dollar power bar and expect it to work. Yeah. Like yeah. our power bars are. We got the hard way too. Yeah, we learned that. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the power bars we buy are really expensive. And, and the extension cords, you have to right. buy extension cords that can handle so, yeah, that much power so yeah. they don't break. So it's all of these little things that just add up. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we're going to have at our stadium is like we're going to have the ability to alleviate all of those concerns. It's literally like I hate using this term because I think it's so overplayed, but like it is turnkey. Yeah. yeah. You open the door and it's good to go. And it really speaks to the experience because I think, you know, like we all know what you know the audience is like, what gamers are like. You know, you could be watching a Twitch stream, and as soon as there's a tiny little bit of, bit of lag, oh, they'll jump right on. You know, everyone, everyone in the chat goes nuts, cool. right? So it's like, you know, the expectation is mm. very high, right? I was and watching. You guys are going to uh, deliver that experience. I w- sorry, uh, I was watching a stream before I came here today. Yeah. I'm not going to say what game it is. I'm not going to call anyone out. I was watching a stream and Pro League, and um, it cut off in the middle of a match, died, and so the chat, you know. 20,000 people are watching yeah, yeah. and in the chat it's like what happened what happened yeah. five minutes people are refreshing and refreshing yeah. those things happen but like yeah. oof, it's tough yeah, and yeah. that's something yeah. sure we'll probably encounter at some point yeah, yeah. but it's even, not on, on our list <laughs> you know, hopefully it doesn't even happen. power issues you know we've seen recently with you know with certain teams where it's like a power issue you know you have to default the match like it that's tough yeah you know totally it's the yeah. worst case scenario yeah probably. yeah 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 so part of it is is planning and being ready but the other part of it is also like um, ensuring that you have a plan in place so if that happens there's Mm. something you can do and so today for example I'll point to that stream I was watching Um, there were no moderators in the chat and then the the broadcasters themselves weren't there yeah, yeah. so like someone should have been there to jump in the chat and say like here's what's happening there's an issue we'll be back in five minutes yeah. and then like the chat is just getting spammed so you need a moderator to make sure that like it's being slowed down yeah. go into subscribers only mode or even just cut off the chat in general like there are things that could have been uh, could have been done and mm-hmm. so it happens at the top level right yeah. it's just yeah. about having a plan in place to, to counteract that so yeah. are you gonna handle that in the future or? yeah you <laughs> not me <laughs> I'll be the one like hiding in the back closet, like tell me when it's over. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, a couple of things touched on there, but one of them was, you know, even the the brackets and how big they can be because of time constraint. Um, good segue into the pinnacle because mm, yes. actually one of the things is that one of the brackets was actually full at mm. you know, it was a two fifty six. So I mean, so for a bracket for a, a single game to be maxed out at that mm-hmm. in an event like that mm-hmm. that's huge i mean mm-hmm. you know could there have been more than 256 if you were at your own stadium um 
256, it would, well, the answer is yes. And the reason the answer is yes is because we control the time and we control yeah. the Break it down over two days or exactly. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. so the issue with, um, and it's not even an issue, is the, the facility is the facility. Yeah. We only had it booked for two days. And right. that yeah. tournament uh, was run on the second day. And so we did the math to figure out how long it was gonna take. <laughs> yeah. It started at 11 a.m. and ended at 1 a.m. So it was a long day, yeah. but wow. you know, when you've got, because the thing to remember is like, we had 80 gaming setups, right? Like right. 80, which is a pretty big amount, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's 80 for one console. Right. So like, it's even thinking about like, okay, I think we had like 16 Switches, yeah. Nintendo Switches, for because mm -hmm. the game was Ultimate that you're right. referring to. Um, and so it's like, we had 60 other monitors in the room, right. but we didn't have any more physical switches. Right. Right. So, um, you know, now it's like for the next one, it's like, could we double? Sure. Yeah. If we doubled the amount of switches, technically you could run it in right. the same amount of time. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that's why um, for that game specifically, it's a little tough. But when you talk about like, you know, Street Fighter or the recently announced Mortal Kombat or Tekken, like at our tournaments, they're all played on PlayStation 4s. Right. And we've got like 50 of them. Right. So if one's going a little long, you can steal some from another and right. just kind of a lot easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so spinning back on that point of, of the Pinnacle, can can you guys give us a bit of a background on the Pinnacle, what it is, what its history is, mm. because this is like, I mean, the the last one was the biggest one ever done yes. in terms of this event, and it's probably yeah. the biggest esports event that BC's done outside, yeah. like that's local to BC. Yeah, Obviously, we had Dota. outside we had we had the international, yeah. but I mean that's more of like an international. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of like born bred. Tournaments, BC, mm -hmm. biggest tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Do you want me to take the history? Do you want me to talk about the history? We should probably talk about the history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was involved prior to Pinnacle, so yeah. it's. I don't know how in depth, how far back we can go. No, it's it's yeah. So okay. um, there's a local organization uh, called Vancouver Street Battle, and yeah. they're essentially a console-based land center. And so you go there, and they have weeklies. It's focused on the fighting game community. So um, the Pinnacle uh, was the gaming stadium's first ever uh, fighting multi-game tournament. And um, so what we did is we partnered with. Vancouver Street Battle. Now, prior to this event, the, the event itself had been called Vancouver Battle Royal. So it existed yeah. before Pinnacle. Yeah. Um, and the last three was like, you know, 350. Then the next one was just over 420. Then we got up to like just under 480 for the, the last yeah. Vancouver Battle Royal. Mm -hmm. What we realized is um, we want this event to be a major. We want it to be a stop on the Capcom Pro Tour on the Tekken World Tour. And in order to get to that level, um, we wanted to take the name Vancouver out just because it takes that regional yeah. focus out and makes it bigger. Yeah. Um, so we started thinking of names and looking up what was available. And we it thought- It took the longest part. It was, it was a long time, it really was. Like, um, and you know, going back and forth and trying to figure it out. And uh, we ended up on Pinnacle um, for a couple reasons. Uh, obviously, number one is when you reach the top, you reach the Pinnacle. Uh, but also we were, we live in a beautiful part of the world with so many yeah. fantastic mountains. And uh, you know, on a on a beautiful day like even today, where it's sunny outside, you can see the pinnacle of all of the mountains surrounding you. Mm -hmm. So our logo is the mountains, right. um, and that just kind of ties in. We still want it to be Vancouver, but without having it in the name. Right. Um, 
so yeah, we just held it on the 28th and 29th of December, and uh, we had a fantastic turnout. Our, our total was 580 people attended over the two days. Uh, over 20 games were played uh, during that period. $10,000 prize pool, um, and uh, you know, from the research that that we've done, there hasn't been a locally organized tournament uh, in the province that has reached that many. No. There are some fantastic events that are put on yeah. that uh, are in that within that number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to give credit where credit is due, like U- UBC puts on an amazing yeah. tournament. Bad, the Battle of BC, Battle of is, BC a is a fantastic yeah. tournament uh, mm-hmm. centered around Smash and some other fighting games, um, and they get like big numbers. Yeah, and I hope so, they do because then that sets the bar higher for us yeah, to so beat it next time, time, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like the history is that the event has existed under a different name, yeah. and we kind of like you know, uh, gave new life to it under Pinnacle, which just happened in December. Um, and yeah, just recently we actually announced in 2019 this year, uh, it'll be back July 5th to the 7th. So we've added that third day to make sure we have enough time. Uh, we've upped the prize pool. Actually, we were doing the math the other day and it's going to be a minimum of $20,000, which is amazing. Um, yeah. And, uh, we're really close to some big announcements in terms of like what games are going to be played, Mm. um, making sure that it's a major, making sure that we're getting people from, you know, all over North America to come and compete. So, um, we really want to take this thing to the next level. And uh, a big part of it is like putting Vancouver on the gaming map without it having to be a Dota or a League of Legends Spring yep. Finals which right. was held previously yep. here. It's like, you know, we're, we're a local organization that focuses on the community. Yep. And so our goal is to make sure that we're putting on events uh, for the community but yep. also showcases the community yep. to people all over the world. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we want to do. Yeah. So. I was just going to say, you know, um, to give some credit, I mean, I think one of the the biggest, you know, most shared comments uh, on on Twitter and and that we've heard is, you know, just giving a lot of credit to you guys and, and to Vancouver Street Battle in terms of like the organizing of the event. Mm-hmm. It was such a smooth event for something of this scale, mm-hmm. and you know, just some credit there in terms of like that was, you know, that was really well executed. It's true. Thanks. A, a, yeah. A lot of things could have gone wrong, mm-hmm. but thankfully we were in a position to help to kind of prevent that and address them as they were. Before they could even snowball. But yeah. yeah, it was it, it was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, all those events always are. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, but we're so lucky because there are so many talented people in this city, and we're talking about like not just people who are talented at playing games. We're talking about people who are talented broadcasters, people who are talented producers, mm. people who are talented streamers, <laughs> people who aren't named Matt. Um, there are so many amazing people. So like when you put the call out for an yeah. event like that and you've got 30 people lining up to volunteer in the first day, yeah. it's like, holy cow. And then when you utilize them to the best of their experience, yeah. it just makes it so easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't realize the tournament started on Friday. It was a Friday at 4 p.m. the doors opened. Mm-hmm. We didn't get access to that building until 9 a.m. that day. Yeah. Uh, so like we were there at 9 a.m. that day setting up like six, seven hour tournament. tables, carrying chairs, monitors. carrying monitors, because our monitors CRTs. are all in boxes, right? Yeah. So like we're putting them together, we're yeah, setting them up, we're it, getting yeah. all the PlayStations connected, Power we're, we're making sure the games are updated, yeah. power is run. like. That happened in a six-hour window. Yeah. We had to and assemble <laughs> chairs. Did you mention that? We had to we assemble, assemble chairs. chairs. Assemble chairs. Assemble chairs. No, we had to. We had to build them. We they were in a box. Put the chairs together. Yeah. Wow. Like so, 
people don't realize how much work goes into it, yeah. but when you've got a base and a foundation of amazing people who are there to help you, yeah. um, it just makes life so much easier. And that's where the guys at Vancouver Street Battle come yeah. in mm-hmm. and all the amazing volunteers that we had. Mm-hmm. But again, like we're so lucky in Vancouver to have that. Like we had three streams running at, in con- concurrent with each other. Each had their own massive projector, sound, producer. Like, not everywhere in the world can find three people to produce and run those streams. We did, right? So, um, we put in a lot of work, but a large credit, like, most of the credit has to go, go to like yeah. the team that was there, mm-hmm. like boots on the ground, wearing the red staff shirt, yeah. um, you know, ensuring that things ran smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also uh, like a ton of credit has to go to the venue. And, and this yeah. kind of brings it full circle is like when you're in a venue that has the capability to do this kind of production, yeah. um, it takes a lot of stress off of your shoulder yeah. because they know you know, they know to make sure that the power is distributed appropriately. They do the lighting, they understand yeah. the sound, they do all of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you go to a venue that's just basically like, here's the keys, it's yours for the day. Good luck. Um, yeah, it makes it way tougher. So again, yeah. like, we're lucky in our city to have venues available to us that can handle what we need it to yeah. handle. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping, um, you know, that the gaming stadium obviously becomes that for a lot of people. Um, but there are a lot of communities out there that just don't have that. And that's yeah. what makes it harder for them. Right. Uh, so for us, it's a combination of a lot of things, but um, that's where pre-planning comes in. And, you know, yeah. we, we, we say back and forth a lot. I think the biggest mistake that we made was, um, you know, what idiot scheduled it the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, <laughs> that was probably like the, not the smartest decision in the world to make because like not just for us but like any vendor, vendor you're trying to deal with is not yeah. in the office, right? So it's like, too. oh, hey, can you come yeah. by? I don't know. I'm in Europe. And it's like, okay, sweet. For the players, it was great because it's been doing, it's on, they're on holiday yeah. or they're on break or whatever, yeah. right? But for obviously business and partnership reasons and stuff like that, everyone's yeah. out of the office. So. Yeah. Which is why it's now in yeah. July. The other part yeah. is like yeah. um, the pro tours for these games typically run March to like November. Yeah. So by being in that window where there isn't anything else scheduled, there's an option. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. we become a part of a series as opposed to just like a throw in in the holidays. Right. So. Well, I mean, you know, on the lead up to the event, uh, you know, we obviously helped you with, with the marketing mm. of, of the event. Mm-hmm. Like the support from the community was coming through, mm-hmm. right? Like um, for us, you know, we, we run a lot of ads and create a lot of ads and, you know, do this stuff day in, day out. Mm-hmm. But to see the level of engagement yeah. that this community has mm-hmm. is off the chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I remember getting on the phone with East Bureau and it was just like, I've never seen an ad that performs this way mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Like these people are just so engaged. They would like, they're so excited yeah. and amped. Yeah. And that I think speaks to the authenticity behind the event and, and, and the gaming stadium model mm-hmm. because this kind of crowd is uh, is a no bullshit crowd. Yeah, yeah. right. They'll, they they smell you out and they're like, mm, you're in it for the money. They'll call you out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like it's almost like posting on Reddit. Almost. Yeah. It's like yeah. if if you're trying to sell something, it's yeah. like it's not going to go so well no, for you. No, no, yeah. no you're, yeah, that's a good. That's that's understood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. So I think we've talked about this before, but you know, to reiterate it a bit, it's uh, it's uh, it's all about that authenticity, and yeah. if people detect it's like you're just a fly by night you're yep. trying to come in for the money you're seeing esports as this potential advertising platform it's like mm-hmm. it's not going to go well for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like you actually need to make a dedication to that audience yeah and and, and it's going to take a bit because they're, they're very skeptical yeah. totally yeah and and um on that point like the numbers um 
from the ad campaigns that we ran with you guys bore that out. Like, yeah. like without getting into specifics, like we went under budget and we way overperformed what we thought we were going to do. Right. In terms of signups, visitors, totally. Like yeah. I remember, I think it was the second day that our campaign was running. Ricky was like, 15 people have signed up since we started running. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, the whole month ad campaign is now paid for in two days. Yes. <laughs> because of the amount of people who signed up, yeah. right? So it's like, to, yeah. yeah. So right. when you start to break it down like that, it makes total sense. And then of course our CPM rate was like super low and we went under budget. So yeah. like, like the community is great because you can be so focused yeah. and your dollar goes so much further with yeah. the community. Yeah. Um, but you need to know who yes. they are and yes. how they behave yeah. and totally because yeah. you know um, I've, I've talked to a few different advertisers you know or people that would spon- want to sponsor or be part yeah. of the community yeah. and I'm like well are you just doing this because you need quarterly revenue Yeah. or is this like a long term play for you because like you can't just try to throw your chips in there for a quick win like yeah. that's not how no. this works and yeah. you know and if your guidelines on what you can and can't say are very specific it's like that may not work for you because like we know this audience and like you know you guys have taught us a lot about the audience as well mm. it's like unless you really are invested in it and speak their language yeah they're gonna they're gonna smell you yeah. mm-hmm. they're gonna see you coming and yeah. that's you know they, they, it, even if they don't say anything yeah they're just gonna ignore you yep right yeah and 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 that's and that's such a good point because when when the ad campaign was being built um, you know, when you guys were sending us like copy points that were going to be included, mm. they were so on target with the audience that was mm. going to receive them. And that's like mm. super, super vital to the point mm. now where like, if we are going to do some stuff on our own, like send mm. out a tweet yeah. or send out, like we're going to you guys and mm. saying like, Hey, how does this sound? Yeah, and making sure that we're, that. yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want to, I want to point out on the ad side is, um, again, we had 580 people yeah. over 20% were not from British Columbia. So that's actually had, a really high percentage for people huge. for, for a tournament of that yeah. size. Yeah, yeah. so we like had people like, like flew in or like bust in or drove whatever in, it is. Yeah. yeah, so from Alberta and Washington combined, yeah. we had over eighty people from Alberta and Washington wow. combined. That's awesome. We had Texas, France, uh, South Korea, um, Hong, Kong. Hong Kong. Like it was and. and Again, that's their like address that's listed on the right. page. So they yeah. lived there at one point. Whether yeah. or not they still live there, we don't, we don't know. know. That's yeah. the address they put yeah. in. Yeah. But like over twenty percent of the five hundred and eighty people were from outside of British Columbia. Wow. And if you added like Vancouver Island yeah. to that, like mm. now you're talking about twenty five percent, right? Because yeah. oh, wow. quite a few people from over. the island come yeah. over. Yeah. So it goes to show you that when you're building these campaigns, it's very important to focus on your um, local area, yeah. mm. but you also have to be like. Willing to go above and beyond and I'll give uh, an example Um, About a week two weeks before our tournament. There was a major tournament down in the University of Washington Mm -hmm. A major smash tournament that had over a thousand people registered. We knew about it And so we connected and said like we want to run a campaign. That's literally just at University of Washington, right? We want to target just these thousand people yeah, and like by knowing what's happening in your surrounding yeah. area, mm-hmm. you build like a low cost, high efficiency campaign just yeah. to target those people. Yeah. And then there's no doubt in my mind, the correlation with the amount of people that signed up from that state yeah. and doing that campaign, yeah. like the is really huge, good. massive. So yeah. 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 I mean, you know, from the ad side to get, you know, a bit more maybe like jargony on it. Um, it's all about the further out you go from whatever center you're doing this on, it's all about targeting the heavy users. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and 
there's a massive difference, huge difference between your casual person that'll show up as a visitor, maybe compete even though they know they don't really, they know that they're, they they can compete and have fun, but they're not going to come top eight, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like they're they money, right? And there's other groups that are like, okay, I, I have a fighting chance of actually making top eight. Mm. And those are like your heavy users. Like these are the guys that are like legitimately practicing at home, not playing the game. They're playing the game and practicing yeah. at the same time. And understanding the nuances between those different groups within the greater group of like this this esports world mm -hmm. is the key because people think that oh fighting games and all the other games behave the same way like their users are the same it's like nope. they could not be <laughs> more different yeah. like it's it's like it's an apple to an orange yeah. it's not even an apple to an orange because it's edible it's like you know it's an apple to a golf cart yeah right yeah. because it's like you Don't can't eat the golf cart <laughs> right it's true I'll so you can you can try you but. try yeah. Good luck. <laughs> but, but that's really what it is. And, and you know, people are kind of putting this under the blanket of, well, it's eSports, it's video games. It's like, well, it's, it's not. It's, yeah. it's not even close, yeah. right? Yeah. Like an MMO player versus a shooter player. It's like sometimes they overlap. But, oh, yeah. but I mean, but if you go like purebred MMO player versus a guy that exclusively plays shooters, it's like those people are completely different. different or, to, or to Matt's point earlier, a Hearthstone player mm -hmm. versus yeah. a fighting game, it's yeah. like, I yeah. want silence because I have to think of yeah. what card yeah. to play yeah. Yeah. versus like, you know, people like cheering in the background and going nuts, right? I was actually yeah. at the pinnacle and I was asking Matt, like, where are the Hearthstone players? Because you've got everybody in, you know, with the main stage. you got to go upstairs, yeah. like, you know, the around the corner. Yeah. And you've got their own little section. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where they're all yeah. sitting, you know, yeah. going head to head. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, up until the point where there's actually, like, operational sure. realities of running those tournaments where you have to, like, put them in a quieter space. Yeah. But yeah. it goes to show you, like, the breadth of the type of person yeah. that plays, like, different types of games. Mm -hmm. like, like you have introverts, extroverts, you have everyone, and everyone in between in terms of their interests, right? Yeah. Because, you know, um, some of the data that we looked at really quickly, even while running the campaigns and who these people were, it's like people that play fighting games are like sports a bit more. Yeah. People that like other types of games like sports less. less so like yeah. it's correlated with other things and there's like a profile of each individual mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the thing is, is that because I think video games are like people that play video games. It's now becoming more and more acceptable. Mm -hmm. But like five ago, five years ago, ten years ago, it wasn't. Targeting these people, say on like a Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, where the data's there. Mm -hmm. Some of these people that play video games that are actually very deep in don't like they advertise don't that. Yeah. that they're that they're playing these games. But you still have to find them somehow That's and right. get in front of them because mm -hmm. otherwise, how can you build the community more? Yep, yep. Um, no, and it's very well said. And there are so few games that like ever break that barrier down like the one right now is obviously fortnite like everyone yeah, plays everyone fortnite, plays right? fortnite. Yes. so like but games like that are like generational like they don't come yes. along often yeah. right mm -hmm. so um and i think i mentioned this previously but the best way to describe it and this is i was listening to a radio interview um with rick fox who is a former uh professional basketball yeah. player multi-time world champion uh founder and owner of team echo fox mm -hmm. he broke it down to the person who doesn't understand and he compared it to the Olympics. Not from a competitive standpoint, but said, the Olympics is the banner, right? Yeah. That's what it's, the event is called, the Olympics. But underneath that, you've got like, 
you've got floor dancing, you got ski jumping, you've got mm. bobsleigh, you've got ice hockey, you've got all. Yeah. None. Of, just because you're good in one doesn't mean you're good in the other. Yeah, and it's right. the same thing. So yeah. esports is the banner, but mm. all of the games that fall under the banner are so different. Mm. So sure, it falls under a category, but it yeah. doesn't mean that because you're good at one, you're good yeah, at another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the case. Like, I want to be amazing at everything. <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs> um, but, Can we cut yeah, that, please? Yeah. But yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so there's like, it, it's an education process, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but it's so right when you're targeting certain individuals yeah. for certain games. Like when we're doing a Fortnite event um, and we're promoting Fortnite, you can be more broad with the type of gamers you're trying to target yeah. mm -hmm. because almost everybody plays. Mm -hmm. But when yeah. you're talking about a game specifically, um, you know, like Rainbow Six mm -hmm. or like Mario Kart or right. like yeah. Street Fighter yeah. or mm -hmm. Smash Brothers, the communities are extremely different. Yeah. Um, sometimes within a community, like the fighting game community, uh, at the bigger events, you'll see people register in multiple games. Mm -hmm. It's not because like they like to play every game. It's because they're traveling typically to go to these events, and you're gonna be there for three days. Yeah, it's you might as well just yeah, yeah. You might yeah. well just register yeah. everything. Yeah. But um, that's not commonplace. No. Like more commonplace is you know I play this one game, I stream this one game, I watch this one game, and that's where that's my focus. my focus yeah. is. Yeah. Um, even as a casual player myself, like uh, there's a bunch of games that I love to play. Yeah. But even me, like when I'm focused on one game, like that's the game that I play. Yeah. yeah. And then when I find another one, I play exactly. that game. It's very right. rare that I'm jumping on a daily basis, game mm. to game to game to game. Right. Yeah. Um, especially now, like if you want to talk ten years ago when you're talking about console-based gaming, it's much easier to talk about that because mm. you just yeah. switch the discs or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, when you're when you're playing these new esports or PC-based esports games. Mm -hmm. um, your, every game is a competition. Yeah. Whether or not it's casually it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you're playing to win every single game. Yeah. So you don't want to jump between games because yeah. you want to get better at that one yeah. until you get to a point where it's like I either can't get better mm -hmm. or it's like Just something like, else has come yeah. out that I want That's to try better. and I'm gonna yeah. move over. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So on that note, like what's the future of streaming? You know, Twitch came out, you know, it's owned by Amazon for those that don't know. Mm. Um, I think they bought it for uh, insanely low amount like they stole it pretty much yeah I think they're you know paying back their initial investment like every week right now yeah, or something ridiculous if they haven't yeah like it's, <laughs> it's crazy yeah. you know so um, Twitch you know kind of brought this at the forefront there's a few other services now that are kind of coming out they're getting mm -hmm. some traction obviously mm -hmm. not as much mm -hmm. uh, you know what in your guys' opinion uh, and we'll we'll start here with Matt mm -hmm. um, you know n the next three to five years like what's the future of streaming in your opinion I think with regards to streaming, like Twitch is still probably going to be the, the biggest one. I don't know if there's going to be another service that displaces it. Yeah. I can't, I don't know any off the top of my head right now and all the ones that if are... If it is, it doesn't exist yet. Yeah, it, right. yeah, it's true. Like, no one, no, people thought MySpace would still be around right now, but you know what <laughs> right. I mean? So we, we never know. Um, but in terms of like, say, actual stream development, stream engagement, I do think it's going to, it's going to keep progressing. You're going to see more uh, streamer viewer engagement that's gonna mm. that stuff's gonna go up that technology is gonna increase because now we've got things like raffles or giveaways that are right. that, that's that's being developed and, and there's all these great digital tools where you can do things like polls or um, like if you're watching a, a game on TV you can even text like uh, you could text a number it says I think team A is gonna win versus right. team B or whatever and that kind of technology that kind of decision making is now going to jump into the hands of, of viewers where they can get more interaction and things like who do you think is gonna make the, the, the next ace or who's gonna make the right. next big play or like whatever so that kind of stuff is gonna come into play um, 
and and that that part I know like some elements of that technology is already here. Yes. So it's just not widespread. It's yet. Correct. It's not quite yeah. widespread yet. It's not mm-hmm. widely adopted, and I think a lot of streamers are still kind of trying to figure out how to utilize it and and, and you know take advantage of 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 those of those services. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, though, it's hard to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that. Uh, well, will will it be more acceptable? Do you think? Because right now, like, people, like, like, look, yeah. if you open, if you went into a room full of random people and you said, "I watch video games on Twitch," like, people would be like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think But then you'll get a couple yeah. more and be like, "What channel?" Yeah, yeah, right. right? But, but who who are you watching? Exactly. Stuff like that. Whereas so. now it's like you know, it's a, the same thing as watching yeah. like hockey or whatever. It's like you're watching this game, but people like the acceptability isn't quite there yet. You're right. Like, yeah. what, what do you think? Where do you think it'll be like in, say, like three years and five years? Like, yeah, what? I think I think it's going to keep trending down. Like my generation is cutting cords. Right. They're not watching stuff on TV anymore. They're watching yeah. stuff on like YouTube. They're watching mm-hmm. Twitch or, yeah. you know, whatever. So there's all these um, because they're getting all this content uh, like available for, you know, for free. Yeah. And if they like somebody, they'll they'll chip in and donate and, and, and all that stuff. They'll yeah. subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of that regard, like, I think the next couple of years, it's just going to be a lot of, um, like, uh, a lot of streamers become more prominent. Like, yeah. right now, it's just Ninja. He's widely known. He was on yeah. Ellen, you know, all that stuff. Uh, he might be the first of a few that might be making that jump there. Yeah. We don't know if someone else would, someone else might well, go he broke, Gobert. He broke the ground, which, yeah. is hel- which helps everybody else because exactly. everybody can line up behind him. Yes. Yeah. And like, you he know, set that standard for everyone. Exactly. Right? And yeah. it's more acceptable now yes. that it's okay to be a streamer to go on uh, these talk shows and discuss what you do as, as, a, right. as a professional mm-hmm. and, and for a living. So he's kind of opened that doorway for a lot of people who... You know, maybe initially I thought I'm just going to do this for for fun or yeah. as, a, as a hobby, as a, as a side hustle or something yeah. like that. So, I, but yeah, I, I think there's two separate conversations. Like, one is streaming in general, and yeah. one one is Twitch specifically. So, yes. when you talk about streaming in general, it's really interesting because, like, um, I'm going to speak about regionally here, but yeah. you know, we have a channel called CTV, right? And that channel hosts a lot of amazing programming, but when you watch it now and they show a commercial of something that's gonna be on their station, yeah. it doesn't say live Tuesdays at five or tune in, it actually now says streaming Tuesday at five. Yes. Right. So like they've actually changed their language to say that the show is now streaming. So like mm. that means it's like it's on their television platform, it's on their digital platforms, right. but like they're trying to educate and get people to now have that term mm. as a normal day-to-day conversation. Yeah. So like, oh, what, um, you know, I saw this amazing show on TV. Oh, really? When is it? It streams Tuesday at five. Yeah. Like, that's what they want it to become. And they're the first of many, right? So mm. they're trying to change the conversation t- to make the term streaming yeah. more widespread. Right. Um, so that helps everything. Yeah. With Twitch specifically, um, you know, Amazon is at the forefront of so many amazing technological yeah. breakthroughs Drones. that, like, well, like they have things like that they're working on and brewing that, like, we haven't even thought of. Yeah. Yet, right. Mm-hmm. And so um, you look at the evolution of, of certain things, like, um, you know, uh, how Twitch streamers are making revenue from ads yeah. and from different, you know, donations, donations subscriptions, and stuff like that. Like, what's Amazon's plan for the future? Amazon is looking to get more and more people yeah. revenue by bringing in the affiliate program and making right. it easier to start getting subscriptions yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So, I think, I think the goal is like, you know, they have two million active streamers on their platform, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it's a, it's it's unheard of. The billions of minutes being created. Oh my god, is like crazy. Is, un- is off the charts. It's off mm-hmm. the charts, and so I think. Um, when you talk to people now, in generalities, yeah. when you're like, oh, I like to watch video games. Oh, where do you watch them? Oh, I watch live streams. People understand what live stream means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, not everybody 
still gets like what Twitch is. Yes. You still have, when you say it's a yeah. live stream service, oh, okay, I know what that means. Yeah. I can yeah. watch something live. Yeah. Um, so I think there's still a bit of a generational shift that's happening to become more yeah. and more. But like, um, you know, I'll give an example. It's so easy to convert people. So I was at a golf tournament yeah. and the golf tournament was put on by the, the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. And in my foursome was Alexander Edler, who is a right. prominent player on the team. Mm -hmm. And he was asking me what I do and we were talking and he had no idea. He used to play games as a kid. Yeah. We sat down at our table for dinner and he asked me again. And he's like, oh, can you explain this? Yeah. I said, here's what I'm going to do. I pulled up my phone and I opened Twitch. I said, what's your favorite <laughs> game of all time? Resident Evil 2. When I was a kid, I played that game so often. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I opened Resident Evil 2. There's two people streaming. The first one had like 100 people watching. I clicked on it and I opened it and he was just like, I'm like, there's 100 so something people watching right this. And he's like, I remember this part. She's going to go around the corner and this is going to happen. And <laughs> you, could just, you could see in his face, it was like childhood, right? Yeah, like totally. You could see it. And like, the value of nostalgia is never to massive. be underestimated. Oh my gosh. Never. And so like, yeah. he had never heard of Twitch before. And yeah. in the span of 45 seconds, I was yeah. able to show him exactly what it does yeah. for him. And so like, whether or not he ever watched it again, doesn't matter. Yeah. He now knows what it is. Yes. So when someone brings up that conversation, it's so easy for him to call back to that exact yeah. moment and say, okay, now I remember. Yeah, yeah. And so the beauty of all of this yeah. is because technology is so advanced mm -hmm. that within a minute, you don't even have to say a single word. Yeah. Open your phone, you open it, and people just get it right away. When I worked in the casino industry and I was pitching this whole esports idea, yeah. some of the higher ups didn't understand. I said, come to my computer and I open Twitch, there's a poker section, there's a casino section, yes, there's people playing virtual slots. I'm like, look at these people. There's people a are thousand watching guy this. watching this, a thousand people watching this guy play slots. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you see the light bulb start right. to come on. That's all that it takes. So yeah. it's just that constant education from a Twitch specific perspective mm -hmm. that is gonna need to continue to happen to grow that. But streaming in general, I think is like, it's, it's yeah. on the precipice of being a term that everybody uses on a daily basis. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting too when you look at the behavior of how people are using Twitch because you know you have people that are very engaged where they're specifically like watching something and paying attention to it but then you have a lot of people where you know they've got multiple monitors mm, yeah. you know they've got Twitch on those monitors mm. they're watching they're kind of like you know they're listening they're mm -hmm. waiting for like a moment if something interesting happens mm -hmm. you know and uh, I would say that's similar to like you know uh, you're at home cooking and you've got something on the TV like the a cooking show. Yeah. It's in the yeah, background. Yeah. You're not totally. really fully watching it, but it's in the background, right? Mm. And so, you know, yes, there's times when you're going to watch something like full on, your attention is there. But a lot of the time, it's people are watching it kind of casually and it's it's kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's it's so interesting because like if you talk to people when they're young, and you ask 10 people, if you grow up and you could be a movie star or a television star, yeah. would you do that? Nine out of 10 would say yes. Mm -hmm. Then if you ask, is it actually, do you believe it's actually doable? One out of 10 or two out of 10 yeah. would say yes. What Twitch does and other live streaming services mm -hmm. do is allow you to be that. Yes. And you do it all on your own. Yeah. You set up your broadcast, you do, you do whatever you want, yeah. right? It can look the way you want it to, it can feel the way you mm -hmm. want it to, it can sound the way you want yeah. it to. Mm -hmm. You can create whatever content you want to and you essentially become yeah. that you know, de facto television or movie star. Sure, you might only have one or two people watching, but you at get first. to, at yeah. first, yeah. you get to share that passion. Yeah. And like, that's something that's so cool because it's not just about video games anymore. Mm -hmm. There are people who like, 
well, they're singing online. And singing. Or, like playing, yeah. playing, Dancing. like, yeah, whatever. Social eating, where people just literally totally. sit there and order food and eat and talk to people that are watching them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, yeah, that'd be good for Matt. Um, <laughs> I'm going to crush this tomahawk in 30 seconds. Um, but there's, like, yeah. Um, so there's all of these amazing uh, categories now mm. that you can go into. Yeah. And so it really allows people to bring out a side of them, a creative, artistic side that um, they never got the opportunity to share with yeah. the public before. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cool about it. And then on top of that, yeah. it's live. Yeah. And so when it's live, you get that instant feedback yeah. and instant interaction. Yeah. And so sure, sometimes it takes thick skin, but um, you still get the opportunity yeah. to interact with people all over the world like on a live basis. And that is something that if, if you asked my dad 30 years ago if that would ever be Thing, right. No chance. No, no chance. No chance. So on the note of that, um, advertising on Twitch, mm. right? Like this is where I think it's really interesting for like a marketing sales perspective or a brand recognition perspective. When I look at the people, the advertisers that have gone to sponsor streamers, so smart. Mm. Because, you know, adver- advertisers always complain it's really hard to target younger demographics. It's hard to target the 20 to 30 year olds right now because, yep. you know, they're they're more mobile native. They're not on TV. Yep. They don't listen to the radio. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So people are like, how do we get in front of these people? And I'm like, there's Twitch mm-hmm. and there's streamers and mm-hmm. like influencers. Like, yep. this isn't rocket science in one way. But if you actually dive in beyond that, the audiences are very discerning so yeah. it is so it is difficult the place where they congregate is twitch and youtube and things like that but the messaging is tough so you know a few examples like off the top of my head rocket mortgage yep. brilliant right especially for streamers that have more of an audience that's a bit older like 18 plus mm. it's like that well that's brilliant like north america it's like people need mortgages yeah and between 20 and 30 years old they're gonna move out yeah and they're gonna buy, buy a house home, yep, yep right or like uber eats and you know what's something really interesting that i found about the advertisers on twitch that are sponsoring streamers etc the companies when you look at them every single one of them insanely high growth Mm -hmm. they're all all those companies are are super aggressive on growth they're on there why other people don't look at that and say like i want to grow it's like well look at the most aggressive people on growth like do what they do Mm yeah right um, I think that it's going to become more mainstay where people are going to clamor and fight over these streamers mm-hmm. and the, the, the Twitch, you know, ad platform. Yeah. The beauty for advertisers on Twitch is numbers don't lie. So like, so like if you're sponsoring a streamer or promoting with a streamer, you can see how many people are watching. So yeah. they cannot lie about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can also see the chat and see if you, you can also see what their personality is yeah. like. Cause if they're not a fit for your brand, you yeah. don't want them to be associated with your yeah. brand. Yeah. And like, you go back to like you know the YouTube adpocalypse where it's like all of these major brands came in and were sponsoring, uh, promoting their brands through YouTube, yeah. and then their ads were being seen on videos that were maybe not good for children right, or contained right. swearing. But you can negativity. you can control that, right? And now it's to the point where YouTube has like <laughs> they have algorithms that yeah. you know ads get connected to, to certain yeah. people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what that's done is it's taken some of the original content yeah. away because mm-hmm. if you do your video this way, this advertiser's not gonna your monetization but, goes down. But to that point, yeah, navigating that as a standalone brand, insane. Oh yeah, like it's like Absolutely. you're you're gonna try to become an expert in what streamers are a, are a fit for you. Yeah, it's like you have to partner with somebody. You do. Like at that point, like you have no choice. And I mean, and that's kind of the space that you guys occupy and we occupy. Like mm. that's kind of the cross section. Like you you guys understand that gaming side, 
and and the audience and so do we mm. and it's just different angles right like you guys are bringing people in to be, create a community we're trying to we're trying to target those people so that they'll actually come in yeah and get and spread the word as yeah. it were right mm -hmm. so and it's way more cost effective like for brands oh yeah it's way more cost effective yeah, absolutely yeah so like much more yeah. like I'll say this about the the esports audience in terms of even all the there, as much as there's tons of separate pockets, very brand loyal. Yes, like mm -hmm. once once they're hard to win over. But once you get, but them, once you, yeah. they're they're like lifers. Like yeah. I bought the same keyboard like seven years in a row. I've gone through three remodels, like slight adjustments. Keep buying the same one. Yeah. I'm never going to not buy the same one yeah. unless somebody can like can really put something good in front of me. Mm -hmm. No, it's <laughs> very know? it's very true and, and you see that across the board and so, you know, if if you're a company that's that's new and you're looking for early adopters, it's an amazing space. If you're an established company and you're looking to grow, yeah. um, you know, it's a great like it works for everyone. The the key is like understanding who you're trying to reach and yeah. then partnering with the right people to find those individuals yeah. that are going to speak your language because yeah. you could look and we actually like casually had this conversation a couple yes. of days ago where it's like you look at someone like Ninja and their audience, yeah. right? Or PewDiePie and their yes. audience, and then you look at someone like Dr. Lupo and right. their audience, drastically different, yes. right? Yes, totally different. Totally different. So understanding who you're speaking to, yeah. um, you know, is 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 a very important part of, uh, you know, and it goes back to like promoting tournaments and doing ads yeah. on tournaments. Yeah. It's the same with, with Twitch, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if there are brands out there that are like on the fence, like, oh my God, just do it. Like, it's just, it'll do so much for your yeah. brand. Oh yeah. yeah, especially if you partner with the right people. Um, yeah. uh, we're running out of time here. So Matt, favorite video game of, of right now? Favorite video game of all time? And go. I was gonna say World of Warcraft. And <laughs> now and before. Yeah, and ever. Yeah, and ever. And forever. <laughs> it's not an addiction, I swear. It's yeah. <laughs> an enthusiast. I just play vanilla just because I want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Most popular. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Sparrow, right now. Uh, my favorite game right now is, is Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. I play it like all the time. Uh, <laughs> play with these two clowns. Yeah. Um, it's just an amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, favorite game of all time is the easiest question I could ever answer is Mario 64. Um, <laughs> yes. Mario 64 for me was like a game changer because yeah. it was like the real first 3D open world game yeah. where you could like take Mario and just go anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was the one that really said to me at a young age like I want to I want a career in this yeah. like that yeah. was the game that yeah. was just like boom to me so yeah. um yeah yeah I still play it like it's just it's so good <laughs> it's so good yeah yeah Rainbow Six so good um if you ever want to get shot in the back yeah this if you ever want to get shot me in the back yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah um Mario Mario RPG for me okay. Mario that, RPG yeah, yeah. it's wow. a throwback but yeah, that it's, it's very just, game. it was yeah. so good for its time and mm. it still is incredible but yeah. love yeah. that game yeah. For, yeah for myself actually like before from past uh, Final Fantasy 11 online. Mm. I, I was like, I'm, I've always been like a really big fan of all the Final Fantasies. Yeah. And then when Final Fantasy 11 online came, yeah. I was just like, yeah, that was like that was the uh, that was the the addiction. The first, yeah, yeah, I think I Ninja still plays that on stream. Like sometimes. Final Fantasy 11 is like, yeah. it's one of the it's like the hardest yeah. RPG like yeah. ever. It's yeah. it's it's like you know it's one of the hardest ones that was ever created. Mm -hmm. But it was like mm -hmm. so rewarding when you accomplished something. It felt yeah. like you really accomplished yeah. something. Yeah. 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 They yeah. go for it. This yeah. is where we disagree because the day I quit that was when I lost two levels in a single day and I was like I'm out. <laughs> you, you grinded for like eight hours and so, you just yeah. lost levels yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm done. That, that's yeah. what made it good though yeah <laughs> 
yeah. 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 yeah, I think that's the beauty of video games in general is yeah. like you can sit here and talk about what you like and you don't like and you can debate that conversation yeah. forever. Yeah, so don't have a battery life. Um, yeah, yeah, you can, you can just, you, you can constantly like go back and forth. Um, but whatever somebody says, there's like that, oh yeah, like you yeah, totally, so. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's just. I also like Diablo on the other yeah. extreme, so it's like yeah. there you go, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, are we Is that out of season April Fool's joke or do you legitimately like what? Diablo? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't have to turn your brain on for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hack and slash your way through. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Are we, are we good on battery? Uh, we should wind up because you've got a call in a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, it's like one fifty nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is, was there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on before? Like anything you want to say? Did we go off the we rail? Do an extended scenes later. Extended scenes later. <laughs> yeah, the scenes. 